2: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. So happy to have you guys here. Happy uh, early Thanksgiving. Happy early Apple Cup. Plenty to discuss today. My name is Lydia Cruz.
3: And I'm Justin Stiefel.
2: And I'm Maura Dooley. Thanksgiving, just a couple days away. You guys getting all prepped, getting all ready? I mean, mostly to eat. Today's
3: today's Saturday, and uh, we will start doing prep in our house Monday. Just two days from now, we start cutting and pre-batching stuff. Food stuff, not booze.
4: Food stuff, not booze. All right, Mora.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, I'm going home for Christmas this year, not Thanksgiving. So um, I'm just going to find some friends to freeload off of. Good. So I'm good. Absolutely. I don't have to do any
2: prep. You're always invited <laughs> to my house, too. <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> and, of course, the second
4: biggest event this week, the Apple Cup, which we'll talk about later in this hour. I mean, UW is still a good team, but they've struggled a little bit this year. And Washington State is 9-1 and one and looking pretty dominant with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Do you think this is the year that they win the Apple Cup? Mustache mania is alive and well. Well, the, the the time, as as
2: we've heard in this office, we're around a lot of Cougs, that is this the time that Mike Leach will finally beat Chris Peterson? Because yeah. that's the matchup where and not only beat him, but in the past Mike Leach has been thumped uh, pretty considerably in this matchup. But I agree. They have the best personnel on the field to do it, uh, whether they can actually do it. At least they'll be at Martin Stadium, that's for sure. They'll have that home field advantage. I think I think they can. I think this might be the one year.
3: Well, it is Movember, so Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. is doing his part to bring awareness to all the stuff that goes along with Movember. And uh, I am interested to see on the cameras this game how many people in the stands are wearing those fake mustaches. And uh, we actually had a joke in the distillery, maybe on friday before the game and saturday of the game people come in to buy a bottle maybe we should give them each a fake mustache yeah. but if you are traveling if you're traveling from the west side along the i-90 corridor to go to pullman when you get on the east side of so me pass stop in Roslyn, hit the heritage distilling tasting room pick up your supplies for tailgating and then go on your way safely to pullman
4: there you
2: go it's a good plan <laughs> Well, more Apple Cup discussion to come with David Hewitt. First, what's in the headlines?
3: Well, interesting. You never really like to hear this, but it's always better that it's done beforehand instead of afterwards. A pilot for Japan Airlines was arrested one hour before flight. This was the flight from London to Tokyo. He had 10 times illegal blood content in his system just one hour before the flight. The legal limit in the UK is. Uh, different than in the States, they go by milligrams of alcohol versus our percent. 20 milligrams is a legal limit for a pilot versus a driver, 80 milligrams. So he was well, well above that. And uh, this raised the question in my mind, why is there a legal limit for pilots? Uh, I thought the why same allowed- thing.
4: It should just be none. No. Yeah. Zero. None. Zero. None. Why are they allowed 20?
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they arrested him. The flight was scheduled with uh, 244 passengers on board, and it's thankful that they... They caught this guy before he got in the cockpit and took off. And just, you know, one more reason why we should uh, you know be vigilant in terms of when and how we consume. Going back to Halloween, I saw a Facebook post of somebody that was trying to win an award for uh, Best Costume. And it showed somebody dressed up as a pilot with a bag. And the bag behind them actually was a big keg. And they had um, <laughs> a vodka bottle in their hand. And they were rolling through the airport on Halloween trying to be funny. Uh, not funny if you're a traveler getting ready to get on the flight and you wonder what the hell's going on with this pilot. So yeah. we're thankful that uh, they got this guy and he's not flying now.
4: Yeah, thank goodness. It looks like a driver of the crew bus smelled the alcohol on him and reported it. So thank goodness for that guy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. In other news, better. This is from the spirits business, a company called Funkin, F-U-N-K-I-N. They are launching ready-to-serve cocktail garnishes. Now, uh, Mara, you spent time behind the bar. Uh, how much of your time was spent prepping for bar service?
4: Oh, my goodness. Well, I you know, at my job in Colorado, you had to start out on the day shift and work your way into the night shift. And pretty much my entire day consisted of prepping the night bartenders to make all the money. So, yeah. I, so I, I, means- I hauled up lots of ice, cut lots of lemons and limes and oranges, uh, cut lots of my fingers. Um, so yep. <laughs> this sounds yep. great to me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so uh, Funkin is a company that makes fruit based purees and syrups for cocktails. They have uh, launched now dried garnishes. So these are oranges, lemons, strawberries, other citrus, um, other fruits that have been sliced and then dehydrated and uh, set aside and packaged so that uh, it looks kind of like a dried apple chip or what you would envision a dried orange chip to be. Uh, a round, orange round, and uh, the idea is that you can take these, it eliminates food waste, and then you can put it in the cocktails or garnish, it rehydrates, and you still get some of that good flavor that you want with the garnish. Um, they also released a pre-batched espresso martini uh, cocktail in a, in a bottle, and uh, this stuff is going to go on sale after the holidays.
2: Yeah, it's one of those inventions that when you see it, you're, you kind of wonder why it hasn't uh, been around already, but, uh, been a thing, because I agree. This looks like it has the ability to not only save time and uh, save labor, but uh, be good for the environment, too.
4: I'm sure there are some cocktails since, that still need the actual juice, but I think you can get the – if you're just looking for more of a, um, a visual or if you're just edits, looking for something yeah. where you get maybe a little bit of the oils and the essence, I think that the dried fruit would work just as well.
3: Yeah, you're probably not going to use a dried orange to make an old-fashioned because you want that fresh orange yeah. Yeah. oil. Um, <laughs> but you could use it as a floater and others. Um, each item has a guaranteed shelf life of 12 months. So if you think about that fruit now being good for 12 months instead of just a few days, that's that's a a big deal for folks. And uh, lastly, in the news, this comes to us from our friends in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we always wonder why do people steal booze and then try to sell it on eBay and on uh, Facebook? I don't quite understand that logic. In general, just Texas don't, police don't
2: steal things and then also try to sell <laughs> yes. them. Like, yeah, yeah, booze or otherwise,
3: but yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Texas police found nearly twenty-five thousand dollars in stolen tequila. After the guy advertised it on social media, they arrested him just last week. He stole $25,000 in tequila. Surveillance shows that police were alerted that he had 1,000 bottles of Patron. In a cargo trailer. A thousand bottles. (laughs) A thousand (laughs) bottles. Uh, The Laredo Police Department Auto Theft Task Force said they launched surveillance on the suspect uh, and the cargo trailer when he began advertising large quantities of tequila Patron for sale on social media pages. Uh, The investigation led police to two separate apartments in Laredo where they found several cases of tequila in each. In all, police seized again 29 cases. Some of it had been sold already online of uh, Roca Silver Patron and 17 cases of the Grand Patron, uh, and also nine cases of Mini. So the guy was fully stocked. I mean, you, whatever you want, whatever size you want, hey, I got the goods. And uh, hopefully, he's going to be uh, learning how to make uh, bathroom hooch in jail for a while.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, I just don't get it. Mm-mm.
3: No no so anyway uh, crime doesn't pay
4: well as we mentioned at the top of the show the apple cup is friday and we are going to be talking about that today we have former husky quarterback damon Heward to give us a little bit of a preview but also to talk about his winery passing time that's coming up next on cast club radio
2: Cast Club Radio. Right now, we're joined by a local legend, Damon Heward, on the line. Right now, we have to talk to you. Uh, leading up to Apple Cup, how are you, my friend?
0: Oh, I'm fired up. Yes, this uh, <laughs> Apple Cup is uh, looming. Uh, it, it looks like one of the greatest of all time. Here, all the mar- for all the marbles. Both teams playing great football right now, and uh, oh, it's just going to be a ton of fun. So, so excited for that game.
2: Absolutely, it's uh, something that there's a lot of rivalry games out there, but it's uh, it's pretty unique to, to Washington and, and this community. And what do you think it is about that game specifically that makes that rivalry so great?
0: Yeah, I think because, you know, Washington's kind of unique in that, you know, most of the people that either go to WSU or the University of Washington kind of stay here, you know, whether it's Western Washington, Eastern Washington, but they're local and there's many households that are divided you know, meaning that uh, maybe someone married a cook or, or one of their kids went was a Husky and the other <laughs> one's a cook. So it's just, it makes it fun because we're all here. It's so regional. And and then obviously it's so much more fun when the Pac-12 North Division title's on the line. You know, it's just, it's amazing to think how far these programs have come in the last decade. You know, 10 years ago, it was the, you know, oh one eleven 11 Huskies versus the 1-10 Cooks. And to think that... Uh, you know, next Saturday, these guys are playing for the Pac-12 titles. Pretty doggone cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, I mean, the Huskies have been to a college football playoff in the last couple of years. The Cougars still in the hunt to potentially going this year. Um, It's an exciting time for for college football in Washington, that's for sure.
0: It really is. And I think there's really some cool stories, you know, storylines when you think of Coach Peterson and and what he's done here, and the culture he's brought to Husky football, and obviously Mike Leach and <laughs> and his approach, and Gardner Minshew and the mustache, <laughs> and Jake Browning and Miles Gaskin, yeah. their, their final senior years. It seems like they've been here forever. So yeah, it's so so many cool storylines, and it's always just the the game just has a completely different feel uh, than any other one on the roster. Are on the schedule, excuse me, um you know, even compared to the duck game, which has obviously become a big rivalry yeah. you know with the huskies over the years um, but but the Apple Cup that just has the history, the tradition, the divided household will do now this year the title on the line, which makes it so cool,
2: absolutely. Well, we love talking football with you, and we could do that forever, but we actually also uh, have you on Cast Club because we talk about beer, wine, and spirits on this show, and you uh, have uh, an incredible winery that you've built up. How did that get started?
0: Yeah, no, I, I was kind of a young, dumb rookie with the Miami Dolphins and the in 1997, and Dan Marino, the older statesman quarterback, kind of introduced me to to fine wine, and uh, believe it or not, he had a bunch of Washington wines in his cellar there in South Florida. He had a buddy who was a distributor at Southern that kind of turned him on to Washington wine there in the late 90s, and that's kind of when things were getting rolling around here, and so he'd ask me, you know, Damon, you ever had any of this Andrew Will or, you know, uh, Cole Solari, Pepper Bridge, where you come from, they make great stuff, you ever had it? I was like, no, Dan, I'm a poor college kid. I couldn't quite <laughs> afford it, but it's pretty good. for me some more. So the bug bit. And all these years later, you know, we, we talked about over the course of my career, NFL career, that we were going to do this wine project when I was done and back home. And so I retired in '09, and and kind of, uh, you know, started putting all the pieces together. And I found an awesome winemaker in Chris Peterson, uh, not the head football coach, yeah. but Chris <laughs> Peterson, the winemaker who was at, at DeLille for eight years. And then now with his project, Avenia, uh, he's a former Husky too, so we hit it off and he's done a great job making some, some Washington caps for us. And so yeah, here we are all these years later with passing time and 2012 was our first vintage and, um, you know, we're just, uh, just, you know, wrapping up the 2018 vintage already. It's hard to believe, uh, with Harvest here, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's been an awesome business an awesome run and everybody in this industry has been so good to us.
4: I saw a quote in a, a Vine Pair article that I read where you said that, Dan, when he first got you into Washington wines, he deemed them the best value in the world. Why do you think that is?
0: Well, I think price-to-score ratio, you know, even today, all, all these years later, it, it's still a great value. You know, people are kind of tired of paying the Napa premium. No question they make some great wines, but, you know, kind of getting out of, uh, out of the price range for, for, for a lot of folks. So I think, um, you know, when you look... Um, at our prices and then the scores that we're getting from the critics. I think it's just, uh, yeah, it's some of the best value in the world for sure.
2: Going from playing football to owning and operating a winery is, you know, big transition. What was it about the the winemaking <laughs> process or all of that that really you fell in love with?
0: Yeah, you know, I think I've always been a people person. And I think with, with this wine project, I, I don't think I had any idea how many different people were going to, come into my life, and I was going to meet and, and, and make this thing go, and certainly owning my own business for the first time. A lot of lessons learned along the way here. And and really, there's no roadmap as far as owning a winery, starting a winery. You know, you can get all the advice you want, but I think everybody's business and business plan is different. And so I've, I've had to learn a lot as I've gone along. But uh, but certainly, you know, just all the different people I've met in this project from, you know, the barrel wraps to the, to the, the farmers over there in in Eastern Washington are just awesome. And, um, you know, the, you got to get the labels and the, and the Mm -hmm. capsules and the, and you know, the cork and the bottles and, and then obviously the the most important one are your customers, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's so many moving parts and layers to to the wine industry and the business, but, but I think. Because, you know, I, I love people and relationships and all that stuff. I, I've been able to navigate it and, and just have fun with it and, and meet so many awesome people along the way to help build our brand.
2: Well, we mentioned how a popular Washington wine is and how a great environment this is. One of the great things about not only the uh, – Coog Husky storyline between this is the little rivalry, maybe friendly rivalry that you have with also Drew Bledsoe, both of you owning your own winery here uh, in yeah. Washington, and you guys doing plenty over the years together. What's it like uh, sort of having just that friendly, competitive rivalry?
0: No, it's awesome. Um, you know, Drew and I played together for a year uh, in New England, and during that year, um, you know, we were we were uh, kind of just getting into wine. I just finished up with Dan and kind of three years uh, with Danny in South Florida and then get to New England, and Drew's kind of just getting into wine. And so, man, we, we had talked a lot about him, myself, uh, Dan, and then Rick Meyer as well, who was a good friend of Drew's, who now owns a winery in Napa called Mirror. We actually formed an LLC way back when. And we're going to start a wine project together, but we we quickly learned that, you know, living 3,000 miles away and trying to, you know, own a vineyard and create a brand, it was just it wasn't going to happen until we were done playing. There were just too many moving parts. But, but we, um, yeah, we hit it off, and obviously we were competitors in college, but didn't know each other so well. Until we spent that year together, and we probably drank more wine than we should have. We should have been focusing <laughs> on football, but uh, but we had a blast, and uh, and certainly it talked about this thing. And now all these years later, we're double back and passing time, and you know, doing dinners and tastings and pourings, and you know, it's we're all in this thing together. Certainly, we're competitors, but we're all in the Washington wine industry, and I think we both feel that you know, high tide rises all ships, and. So certainly he's been very helpful in helping me, you know, build the Passing Time brand. And, and, you know, we, we just have a lot of fun doing what we're doing.
4: Well, coming up next, we're going to hear about some of that fun. There's an event at Daniel's Broiler that Drew Bledsoe and Damon Heward have teamed up on and also a wine that they collaborated on. We'll hear more about that next on Cast Club Radio. Cast Club Radio. Right now, we are talking to Damon Heward a little bit about the Apple Cup, but of course, because we are a show about beer, wine, and spirits, we're talking a little bit about wine as well. And Damon was just telling us about the friendly, fun competition that he and another former quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, have in the wine world.
2: Speaking of uh, some of those collaborative efforts, the Apple Cup Wine Dinner is coming up uh, this Tuesday at Daniels Broiler. Can you tell us a little bit about the origins of that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, Daniels has been a big uh, supporter of passing time and double back over the years. I think it was Lindsay Schwartz one, one year asked Drew and I if we'd, um, you know, be willing to, to to do a dinner there during the Apple Cup week, and we just thought it would be a bunch of fun. And <laughs> so, yeah, I want to say this is maybe the fourth or fifth year wow. we've been doing this, and it's just a blast. And you know, um, you know, busting each other's chops and cooks and dogs, and we just go at it. But, uh, we have a bunch of fun along the way too. And, uh, we talk wine, but we talk football. And it's just a great, great evening of great food and, and, and tasting all of our juice and, and, uh, talking the apple cup. So it's, it's a fun, fun night.
2: Yeah, I was looking through the menu and it's uh, it's pretty mouthwatering. So people who, who get to come or who haven't been, you get it's three courses. There's appetizers, there's dessert and all along the way, of course, drinking some great wines, getting to chat with you like you mentioned. And uh, uh, if you're a, a Husky or kook fan, sounds like pretty much a must attend
0: it is. And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of no holds barred. I mean, Drew, Drew and I, uh, it, it's fun. We're, we're, we're pretty loose at this one, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we get after it. Some good Cougar jokes. I, I'm, I'm, if you've got a good one off the air here, let me know. <laughs> um, so we, we, uh, I, I probably need some new ones. Uh, but we have, we have a bunch of fun with this thing and, uh, I think uh, my brother Brock's going to be there. Uh, good chance Warren Moon's going to come. So a lot of great Huskies and cooks and, 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 and a ton of fun.
4: I also saw that if you get a VIP admission to this event, you can try a glass of the limited edition Double Time, which is a collaboration between you and Double Back. Yeah. What exactly well, is a yeah. Double Time like?
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun. So we're, we're going to do it every other year. And last year we, we had uh, we did a, a barrel of my shampoo cab, which is probably my, some of my best fruit, and then a barrel of uh, his McQueen estate cab, and we just kind of blend them together, and we made 300 Magnums was all of uh, double time, and um, we're going to do it every other year, so we didn't do it this year, but Drew had a, a few, we had a few bottles left over that we wanted to share at the, for the VIP session, so yep, you get to taste that, and um, and then, yeah, that we'll, we'll have those available again next year, so... Kind of a fun little project that we'll do every other year.
2: That's pretty neat. You mentioned uh that there's probably gonna be a little bit of a football talk, maybe some jokes thrown around. When it comes to the actual <laughs> Apple Cup uh, coming up, what are your what are your predictions for the game?
0: Well, yeah, man. I you know, I'm a little nervous, not gonna lie to <laughs> you. Yeah. Probably the best <laughs> cougar team, you know, we've faced in the last, you know, five years for sure. Uh they got it rolling right now. Um Gardner Minshew is playing an extremely high level, mustache and all, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's over at their place, but, you know, the dogs have just, we've had their number, and, um, you know, I, I know that I really love the way our secondary and defense kind of matches up, you know, against that style of offense. You know, no one's really challenged our secondary really all year in the passing game, so it's just going to make for a really, really interesting matchup, you know, with so much on the line, uh, but I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a little bit nervous, so I'm not going to, you know, predict the blowout, but uh, but I'll take the dogs by seven points.
2: Oh, I like it. You mentioned the, the secondary, which uh, Jimmy Lake just seems to replenish the ranks of the secondary every year with... What looks like NFL ready ready talent uh, as they go through the development process. Uh, is there an area of concern though on the team? Do you do you worry about the the pass rush? Do you worry about the slow oh. offense? Whoa. <laughs> any any area of concern for the Huskies?
0: Yeah, you know I think on paper the you know the fan might say, well, you know the pass rush. The Huskies just haven't gotten the stacks and the pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I said a minute ago, like people haven't like dropped back and held the ball and tried to throw it deep against our defense. Everyone's tried to run the ball and get to third and medium and kind of the the short, quick passes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this Cougar team likes to hold the ball and push the ball down the field, and that's kind of their style, their offense. Now they do, this kid does maybe a better job than Luke Falk of just getting to his check down and and getting it out pretty quick. So, if there's one concern, yeah, I guess it would be just the mobility of Minshew. And so I think as a defense, we, we have to really contain him. Um, and, 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 and even if we don't sack him, get him uncomfortable in the pocket. You know, Vita Veo was so good at that the last couple of years with Luke Falk, just with those three and four man rushes, just making him uncomfortable. So hopefully, Greg Gaines and company can, can just get him off his spot, make him uncomfortable, and, uh, and usually that, uh, and then also stop their run because everyone thinks of them as a the passing team. They're, they're running the football a little bit more, too. So. I think those would be the keys, is to make the quarterback uncomfortable and stop their run, and and we'll have a chance uh, to beat those guys. The
2: Washington State defense has been super impressive this year, also considering losing Alex Grinch, and and I I thought that was a pretty huge unexpected surprise for them. How does Jake Browning uh, find holes in that defense?
0: Yeah, you know, they're kind of unique in just their style of play. They, They bring a lot of pressure um they kind of uh, they slant their defensive line like moves at the snap of the ball or shifts right before the snap of the ball and tries to just create uh, you know chaos uh, with their with their blitz package so it will present some challenges for sure but again we, we've been pretty good against this style i know uh the clays the new defensive coordinator is different to grinch and so there'll be some 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 new wrinkles, but you know I feel very confident uh, in Miles Gaskin and our ability to run the football, and then hopefully set up that play action pass. Um, we should be getting healthier, you know, getting some guys back. We've been pretty beat up at Hunter Bryant, you know, maybe even Trey Adams. We'll see, but um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited uh, to see you know Jake Browning's last conference game and and so much on the line, and he's a guy who's just been a rock here. You know, despite some criticism and things, uh, it's hard to play this position, especially when he set the bar so high after his sophomore year. But he's a kid that I'm, I'm the biggest fan. You know, he's going to uh, be the conference's all-time winning as quarterback with Pac-12 history with 37 wins. So he just he's a great kid. Going to miss him, and I hope he goes out on top.
4: Well, with the the Cougs at nine and one, and just having college game down there, the the crowd has been really rowdy. This seems like it's going to be one of the more competitive Apple Cups we've seen in a long time. What is it like to play down there in Pullman when the when the crowd is like (laughs) that?
0: It's hard. I was 3-2 against the of The two trips to Pullman, I lost them both. They were both in the snow. Okay. I've looked at the 14-day forecast. I'm not seeing any snow, which I, I think is a good thing for the Huskies. <laughs> but either way, yeah, it's going to be a wild crowd. Uh, you know, you give those Cook fans until f- a 5.30 kickoff to, to get uh, juiced up uh, with passing time and double back. <laughs> uh, they're they're, they're going to be ready to roll. Uh, probably some Coors Light and Fireball in there too. Yeah, maybe a little uh, bit. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs>
4: you want to save the good stuff for maybe something a little yeah. when you're in, you're yeah, not right. drinking quite as much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, the place is going to be rocking. We know that it'll just be a a crazy environment. But as a player, those are the ones you love to play in, and um, and certainly uh, to call the action. It's uh, it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. wow, that's right. You're going to be out there. Hopefully uh, the weather is not too cold for you. And uh, it's a a great result. Dogs by seven. That was your prediction, right?
0: There you go. All right.
2: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, uh, Damon. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us for the second year in a row for this. And we'll make sure everybody checks out the Apple Cup wine dinner at Daniel's Broiler. It's uh, this Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Daniel's Broiler in Bellevue.
0: Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend.
4: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, coming up next on Cast Club Radio, our Apple Cup talk is not quite over. We talked to a Husky. Now we have to talk to a Coug. It's none other than our friend Distiller Dane. He's got his top five for this week, and it may have something to do with the kooks. That's next on Cast Club Radio.
2: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope everybody is uh, gearing up to have a great Thanksgiving and a great Apple Cup. Right now, one of our favorites, Distiller Dane on the line. I'm sure you've got a dog in the fight for this Apple Cup. Right, Dane?
3: Oh, that's a bad pun to throw to a (laughs) (laughs) coop. Lay it down, I thought I was just going
4: to escape with that one. Well, you know Lydia's a husky, right? Yeah.
3: I know. (laughs) All right, Dane, what do you got? Number
1: one. (laughs) Yeah, number one on my list is, in fact, the Apple Cup, which is the big rivalry game between, obviously, the Huskies and the Cougars. The Huskies have been kind of on a win streak with it the last five years, but we'll see if the Cougs can take it this year. The one good thing about the game is no matter what the team's records are or anything, it's such a big battle, you never know what is going to happen.
2: Absolutely. I agree with you. It's the thing with a rivalry game. You saw it with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State earlier this year. It it really doesn't matter. When it comes to those rivalry games, anything can happen, and that makes it pretty fun.
3: And Dane, where are you going to be watching the game from?
1: I'm going to be watching the game with a bunch of friends over at a friend's house. Any of them Husky fans? I think there might be one or two of them, but they have their own <laughs> separate room on a smaller TV to watch the game on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right, number two. Number two. Going into some more November, and we got Thanksgiving things coming up. But uh, one thing for the month, with the, which I'm sure everyone has seen or is aware of, is No Shave November.
4: Yes, absolutely. Your boy Gardner Minshew.
1: My Gardner Minshew. Yeah, it's not just about growing ridiculous-looking facial hair. The actual goal is to not shave the entire month and to, do, and to donate the money you normally would spend on shaving. But then we also have things like Movember where you kind of grow the big Minshew mustache out and you can host and raise funds for that as well.
3: We are doing that at Heritage with our friends at Tutabella in the Puget Sound area. They have a cocktail of the month for November, and everybody who buys that cocktail at Tutabella gets to support the cause because we're all donating money towards cancer research.
2: Awesome. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Dane, number
3: three. Number
1: three. On my list, which I've done a couple times, it's not technically a Thanksgiving tradition, but it comes around every now and then, and that is the turducken. Have you guys ever had a turducken?
4: I've heard of this. I've only seen it when John Madden put it on, uh, you know, Sunday Night Football. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a myth at first, but then we actually (laughs) tried it out one year, and it is a chicken in a duck in a turkey with a layer of breadcrumb or sausage stuffing between them, depending on where you get it. The good ones obviously use a different stuffing inside of each bird. And one day, my next goal would be to put the dirt duck in inside of a pig and then
3: roast it in the oh ground.
4: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> mm. Too much, Dane. To it's yeah. too much. Hey, dream big.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, you should instead keep your goals more modest, and you should have the uh, chicken inside the duck inside the turkey, and then put the turkey in a peacock, and then put the peacock in an ostrich. And then that would fully encase what you want in the bird side. I like the sound of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number four. We're going to be getting
4: emails from PETA. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Number four.
1: Number four on my list is the wishbone. Do any of you guys do that as a Thanksgiving
3: tradition?
4: I never have, no. Um,
3: Yes, but you know, you're supposed to let it dry for several months until it actually gets uh, dried enough to be fair when you pull it apart.
1: Yeah, so we always do the tradition. <laughs> normally, it's kind of a battle that gets who to get who gets to do it. But you're supposed to make a wish, then pull the break and pull and break the wishbone apart. But it normally becomes who a competition of who has the bigger piece after you pull it apart. But uh, it's uh just kind of a fun old little gimmick.
4: Yeah, isn't the wish supposed to come yeah. true? Well, yeah, wishbone mm-hmm. for whoever gets the bigger.
1: Yeah, the wish is supposed the, to come true. Whoever, whoever gets supposed the to come true for whoever pulls the bigger piece.
4: Okay.
3: That's right. The, and the winner is the one that has the uh, little triangle thing, uh, or the little uh, the singular piece hanging off the end at the bottom of the Y, right? So what you do when you carve the turkey up, pull the wishbone out immediately, throw it in the oven at about 400 degrees, let it bake for a half hour while you're eating, and try and cook off all that moisture. And then... You'll, you'll have a fair battle with your team.
2: All right. Even is the that too field. much info? No, it's good. <laughs> uh,
3: all right.
1: wishbone tactics, all right? <laughs> okay. There you go. Dane, number five. All right, number five on my list. Obviously, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. Um, I don't do much shopping, but what I do like to celebrate is Black Friday beer releases.
4: Nice. And there's one oh. that comes
1: out every year, and that is the Goose Island Bourbon County Brand Stout, which is an American Imperial Stout. Uh, Agent Heaven Hill bourbon barrels this year and Lucy ranges around 14% ABV.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, is Black Friday, in terms of beer release, anything like actual the madness of Black Friday? Are they waiting in long lines? Uh, what's it like?
1: I don't think it's like a front of Walmart madness, mm-hmm. people trampling each other, but there Good. is lines. It's a little more uh, a little more calmed down. Everyone's a little more relaxed during it.
2: That yes. sounds like my kind of Black Friday. I could get be behind that.
3: There are people trampling each other after they have consumed the 14% ABV <laughs> beer. Ugh. Not before.
4: I will never be one of those people. I can't do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, Dane. Uh, we appreciate your top five. We'd say uh, go Cougs, Lydia. You're going to join us in saying go Cougs, or you're still going to uh, hold out for your dogs? I mean,
2: I'll allow you to say it. You guys go for it.
3: Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, I, I went to Idaho. I'm, I'm a vandal myself. Okay. So I'm Neutral, but I do love the Palouse. Uh, and as I tell Dane all the time, University of Idaho is the Palouse's premier public education institution for postgraduate work. And uh, I don't think he appreciates it when I say that to him, but I will join him this week in saying go Cougs.
2: <laughs> well, Dane, thank you so much, my friend.
3: All right. Thank you, guys.
2: Have a great Thanksgiving and a great Apple Cup. We'll talk to you soon. Back to work. Well, speaking of that Apple Cup and those parties that maybe you're like, Dane, and you're throwing one with friends from either side, uh, either sideline of the football field, we've got two different cocktail recipes, right, Justin?
3: We do, and uh, both of these you can make in uh, batches if you want. Purple and gold, we call the first one, that has lavender vodka, vanilla simple syrup, and lemon wedges. Pretty easy. Uh, You muddle the lemon wedges with the vanilla syrup, and then you add ice, shake it uh, together for 10 seconds, and uh, put it into a glass, and then you're going to top it off with uh, your lavender vodka. So what you can do is muddle up a whole bunch of lemons together to get that nice uh, uh, lemon juice, add a bunch of simple uh, syrup, and the ratio goes two to one vodka to syrup. Get that in uh, kind of a small uh, bowl or something like that, and then for every cocktail you want, you're going to put two to one vodka versus that syrup in your glass with ice and add the lavender vodka on top of it. And my guess is, based on how I anticipate that Cougs will perform this week in Apple Cup, uh, people will need to consume, on the husky side, a lot of purple and gold to make the misery go away.
1: Uh, Now,
3: the second, the second... A cocktail we call a cougar camp it has our pomegranate vodka coconut vodka some grenadine syrup cranberry juice lime juice and orange simple syrup again when you make simple syrup it's half uh, sugar and water and in the case of orange simple syrup you're going to add uh, actual orange uh, extract or uh, orange zest to it combine everything together and it's pretty equal parts. It's a half ounce of pomegranate vodka, a half ounce of grenadine, a half ounce of cranberry juice, a half ounce of lime, a half ounce of the simple syrup. The only thing that's extra is coconut, and that's one and a half of the ounces. Uh, mix it all together. So it's basically equal parts and then three parts of uh, the coconut vodka. Uh, you can put that together in the big picture and uh, enjoy it over ice. And uh, Cougs will have this to celebrate. So we have a commiseration drink for the Huskies, purple and gold, and a celebration drink, Cougar Camp, for our friends who hail from Pullman.
4: So we've kept it largely unbiased, this show, hearing from both sides, but now Justin <laughs> just went for <laughs> it. You know, are just pushing your chips in. All right, that's fine. It's I like an- it.
3: I'm just anticipating what I think the outcome will be. That's okay. And look, if the Cougs, after this season up till now, don't pull it off, there will be a lot of depressed people.
2: Yeah, know, I don't Eastern want Washington. that. I certainly a don't want that. A lot of angry people.
3: Uh, well, I think the Huskies are kind of expecting it.
2: <laughs> well, as always, you can check out the recipes for either of these cocktails available at heritagedistilling.com, where you can also check out past recipes. You can download episodes of the podcast if you've missed one. We want you to be able to catch up. That's heritagedistilling.com.
3: Yes, you can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes and on Instagram. And we encourage you to like us on Facebook at Cask Club Radio and always rate us on iTunes. And uh, we appreciate the emails. You can email us at caskclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. And we hope everybody is safe this uh, holiday season, whether you're traveling or hosting friends. And uh, we hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving.
2: Yes, echo those sentiments. Have an absolutely wonderful Thanksgiving. Take care of each other. Be safe out there. And also have a great Op cup. Go dogs!
3: Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us
2: out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more
1: and catch up on past episodes.
3: Cask
0: Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.